One thing that separates human beings from non-human animals is a sense of the future. I can't tell our cats what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, that wouldn't make sense to them. But our ability to think about the future and to imagine and plan for it is related to our faculty of speech. Uh, so too is our memory. It's commonly observed that infants do not develop the capacity to remember things until they are able to speak. So learning to plan for the future uh, for children takes a little bit longer, but it's part of the same awareness. Speech gives us the ability to stand back from the present moment, uh, to disengage from what's happening right now and to think about things that are happening at other times. So with this in mind, on the first Sunday of Advent, we might ask what happens to our ability to speak in a world that tends to live almost entirely in the present. Does it have a reverse effect? One set of virtues that we develop in cultivating a memory and an imagination for the future is the ability to distance ourselves not just from the present, but from what we want in the immediate present, our immediate desires. So again, uh, if we take a young child, if he's left to himself, he might choose to eat dessert before the main course. And a good parent helps the child to understand that the moment of having dessert is going to come in the future. But first, it's important uh, to put that desire to the side, to sort of deal with it. Uh, eat something healthy first. So when this happens, then the child experiences expectation. I'm going to get dessert at the end of the meal and delays the satisfaction of this desire to have something sweet. It is an important learning moment. What's crucial in this is that the lesson takes place in an environment of love and trust. This is because if a parent promises dessert but doesn't deliver, there is a risk that the child will not develop a proper sense of confidence in the future, a sense of hope. If the demoralization of the child is sufficiently great, he may never develop a sense of his own future possibilities, potential, and uh, live a life of discouragement, uh, going from one moment to the next, but not really being able to think about what it would take to become a different type of person in the future. Now, this is all by way of introduction to telling you what really interests me about our contemporary cultural situation again. And this has to do with the willingness we have, or sort of the technological prowess we have, that allows us to satisfy a lot of our desires right on the spot. Now, many of the instances are apparently trivial, so we don't think of them as being important in any way. We don't even notice that we do it. Um, I'm going to give you a trivial example. I read an article this week that uh, Monday Night Football isn't the event it used to be. Uh, when I was a kid, it was a big deal. Howard Cosell was still on, etc. Um, but I don't think the analysts got, got it right why it's not an event anymore. Uh, in the days before the Internet and the days even before VCRs, it was really difficult to see highlights from all the games on Sunday. You had to watch one game at a time, and uh, they may or may not show highlights in that game. And uh, when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to stay up and watch the whole of Monday Night Football. It went on too late. But I did negotiate a settlement with my parents that I could stay up till the end of the halftime show because that way I could see the highlights from the day before and I could see what other teams were doing. Now, 
today, you don't have to wait till Monday night to do that. As the games are going on, you can go on the internet and watch the highlights as they happen. So we don't have to wait. There's no sense of expectation for Monday night. It's not an event anymore. So this ability we have to, you know, live right in the present, not have to plan, not have to wait, um, I think it has a devastating effect in the long run on our sense of hope. Hope is that forgotten, neglected theological virtue. For many of us, again, Advent is not a season of hope and waiting so much. We might say it is. Uh, I'm not thinking of you all here. I'm saying we as a culture in general. Um, But really, Advent is a series of Christmas parties. You know, Christmas music's been on 24-7 on Chicago radio for three weeks already. This leaves us not much to look forward to, and so it's not surprising that on the 26th there are trees in the alley. You know, it's all over. Uh, we, ha- you know, we, we haven't had to wait for anything. We've been celebrating it all the time. And sadly, it's not a surprise then that the holidays are a time that many people are depressed. We don't have a sense of hope, a sense that good things are coming. We don't train ourselves to wait for satisfaction of our desires. We've banished hope from our lexicon of virtues. So it's of real importance for us as Christians to learn how to hope anew every Advent. We're not merely waiting to celebrate the anniversary of the Incarnation, something that happened a long time ago. St. Bernard of Clairvaux teaches us uh, that we see in the expectation of the first coming, so we read all the prophets, read the stories of the kings and so on, uh, the Old Testament waiting for the Messiah, This sets a pattern for us who are waiting for not only Christ's second coming, but even what he calls uh, the third coming or the middle coming. He has different ways of talking about it. We all know what the second coming is. It's the one we heard about in the gospel today. It's where Christ comes to save us, to usher in the eternal kingdom of God, to wipe away all tears. This is something to hope for. What is this third coming I'm talking about that Bernard refers to? It is that quiet coming into our hearts. So the Holy Spirit has been given to us in our baptisms. Uh, God is present in our hearts now, but we're often not aware of it. And so when Christ comes and knocks at the door of our hearts, we can become aware that he's present in this moment. We can get a foretaste, a sense of uh, what's going to come about at the end of time. Christ is already present in our lives, and this daily coming is something that attunes us to his presence. In other words, his first coming that we remember, and this uh, third coming or middle coming that's happening all the time if we're aware of it, that is the environment of love that a good parent provides. So, We can ask, can we trust our Lord that he really intends to give us eternal life, that he intends to renew this creation, bring about a new heaven and new earth, to remove all sadness and bitterness and regret, to bring about reconciliation, communion, love, and joy? The saints who are aware of Christ's presence say, yes, and Advent is an opportunity to imitate their faith, their longing, for God's coming, to use our imaginations and our memories to anticipate the future that God has promised so as to be ready for it and joy, joyfully to welcome it when it comes. This is also going to change us in the meantime because we can learn 
that we don't have to live in anxiety in the present moment. We can let go of other preoccupations. We can be at rest and at peace in the present with confidence in the sure knowledge that what God has promised, he will bring about.